piercings, jewellery, work life, stories, personal experiences, what more do you want? Oh, the tea? Well, look no further. Welcome to Tea with D. I'm your host, Deanna. With 11 years of experience in the body piercing world, there are many stories I can tell. This podcast will go into the history of piercing, what happened, what historical events happened. There will also be submissions from clients about their own experiences and the history of them being pierced too. There will also be interviews with other piercers and other peers within the industry, it being jewellery specialists or jewellery makers. So why not sit back and listen to Tea with D? with D. This week you're going to get an audio and a video version of this interview with Josh Hawkins who's located at Degenerate Art Studio. I think it's in between Wolverhampton and Stafford but I'm not 100% there and yeah it was a pretty interesting one definitely to get to know Josh a bit more with this interview. I've known for him quite a few years and he's definitely an interesting individual and very much thrives off what he does as a job. So yeah I hope you enjoy this week's episode. There will be an episode next week. I'm not sure when. Uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind at the moment with a lot of things going on behind the scenes. But yeah, I hope you enjoy it and I'll be back next week. Right. So please introduce yourself and what you do. Uh, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm a body piercer in... The Midlands, like Staffordshire, kind of just north of Birmingham, um, literal Rugeley area. I work at Degenerate Art Studios in Rugeley. Nice. For around four years. Yeah, coming up on four years. So. Cool. How are you finding it there, by the way? Because I know that you've recently started there. Amazing. Um, I had a bit of like a rough start to the year. Uh, moved around a bit. Couldn't really find somewhere that I was happy, but this place, like, Oh, it's kind of weird. So, like, we all worked together at uh, the first studio I ever worked at, like, where I did all my training. Uh, oh, I love that. Way... <laughs> yeah, we, like, found our way back to each other at this shop now that we're all working in. It's wicked. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, the vibes are great. The feedback's been amazing from clients and stuff. Everyone's followed me. It's been really nice. So, Oh, I'm oh, glad. Man. It's good to see you, like, shining. Like, oh, you're posting more as well. Yeah, which is nice to see because I'm I know that you just <laughs> kind of like fizzled back a bit and you're like now nah, I'm not going to post so much and now you're just like here you go have like 10 posts in like a week it's amazing yeah, I've actually got good. stuff to post now it's nice yeah now you can just chill out which is a good thing yeah I think we all get like that like I um when I did my apprenticeship under jazz at cutthroat when I left, they closed. And I thought, oh, I'm never, ever going to see the crew ever again. A few years later, I joined Classic Marketing, who was owned by one of the tattooists at Cutthroat. And then we kind of like rekindled again because there was like three other people that worked there that I worked with at Cutthroat. So it's kind of like a, ah. Yeah, I think it's just such like a small, like, like niche industry, isn't it? That you're always going to know someone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to be back with like the OGs. No, I love that. Yeah. So let's talk history. Okay. How did you come about like, with piercings? Like, were you always interested in it from a young age? Yeah. So I remember, I don't know, I was probably about four and I had an older pal who was like, like a few years older than me. 
Um, and he had like, it would have been, been like early 2000s. Um, and he had like the big, like David Beckham, like, like the oh, Prince yeah. of Stone, like what Neo <laughs> just brought out. He had one of them. Uh, and I seen it and I just thought it was like the coolest thing. So I was like nagging my mum for years. I was like, oh, I want to get my ear pierced. I want to get my ear pierced. And this was like four years old. And she always said, like, when you're 10. And I was like, all right, I can, I can do that. Do you know what I mean? I can wait. <laughs> uh, and I think I nagged that much. We got till about six. And I got I got marched into Claire's. And I got like a little three mil, nine carat yellow gold ball. <sighs> I thought I was the coolest. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was always kind of interested in piercing. Um and then I think it was like a few years later, I think Miami Ink had just come out. Um, I remember like accidentally finding that on a Sunday afternoon. My dad walked in and he was like horrified. <laughs> I was like, what that is. Um, so yeah, so I always had like a bit of an interest. And then as I got a bit older, I found out more like my, I want to watch my cousin get tattooed and stuff. And I like noticed the guy there had like big stretch lobes and, you know, like I, like multiple eyebrow piercings and stuff. Um yeah, and then I think like a few years went by, obviously discovered BME when I was about 13. Um, and I'd just like randomly check in on it. Do you know what I mean? Like I was never yeah, there yeah. like searching through archives. I'd just like click mod blog and like see what had been uploaded recently and stuff and <laughs> like randomly scroll back and just... So yeah, like that was kind of it really. Um, I kind of backseated the idea of getting into piercing as I got a bit older and then just accidentally came about it later down the line and was like, oh, Mad, quite fancy giving that a go. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck it, why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, um, yeah. So, like, I'd messaged. I was at a bit of a crossroads when I was about. I think I was just leaving school, so I was about eighteen. I was at a bit of a crossroads of what I was going to do. Um, so I messaged someone who I knew at the time from a few years prior who was a piercer, and I'd seen them sort of get into piercing and do quite well. Um, they seem to be doing like good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like good work. So I messaged them about how to get into it. Um, and they basically said, like, find an apprenticeship. And I was like, well, there's no chance of that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that just seemed unobtainable at the time. Uh, so I accidentally got into uni and did that. And then I came back from working a job in America, uh, doing some film stuff. And the sort of manager at the time of the bar I was working in was friends with the tattoo studio owner on Facebook. And he wanted someone to go and do some promo videos. And I was like, well, I'd only spend the money on tattoos anyway, so he can just, like, pay me in free tattoo work, I suppose. Yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did a bit of video work there, and the piercer was, like, just not interested in piercing whatsoever. And I was like, well, I kind of am. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of went from there, really. Mm. Started piercing. How did you start there, Josh? Oh, how did I start? Come on, give us <laughs> um, the tea. I was, it's good tea as well. It's really good tea. I was actually too scared to say to the owner at the, of the studio at the time that like I wanted to pierce. So like I told one of my pals there, um, and on my day off, he'd like gone to the studio and been like, yeah, that Josh guy, like he wants to be piercing. So I came into work on, what day would it be? I can't remember what days I worked at the time, but like it was like my first day of the week for like that fresh week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I walked in, I put like my, my big like, video camera down and then I went to drop my bags in like the staff room and there was like a big 
box, you know, like the multi-pack boxes of like chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a box of cannulas and <laughs> a skin marker and a bag of like nostril screws, librettes, a navel curve, and maybe a barbell, I can't remember. Uh, and then there was some Penningtons. I think there was, I think there was just Penningtons. And basically, like they followed me in afterwards. It was like surprise, you're the new piercer, and that, that was that. Um, and basically, they kind of said, sat me down with this box of chicken wings, drew two dots, sort of like in different places, um, and was like, if you put a clamp on this and you hit both purple dots, we'll book you customers from next week. Oh um, yeah, not the best, but no. But we did practice nostril piercings as well. Actually, I remember that because there's almost like a bit on a chicken wing that looks like your hand web and we went to draw a dot on that and then try and get a nostril screw in that as well mm, so yeah. obviously i was over prepared for customers the week <laughs> after <laughs> how long were you there for i was there for um how long was i there for maybe like 18 months two years no maybe three oh. yeah maybe three years yeah, about three years. But so, I moved, so like I worked at the Litchfield, uh, like in Litchfield, and oh, then yeah, yeah. worked at another studio, like in a different city, but it was like the same owners and stuff. So I went to that one, and then I moved just down the road, and then moved to where I am now. So I've you been around about a bit, bit then. Yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> so when it well, comes. I'm no <laughs> So when it comes to professional piercings, do you remember your first professional piercing and how it went? I, I do. Um, it was my nostril. I think I'd been like filming at the studio for a few weeks. I was like the only guy without a nose ring. So I was like, Let's fire one in. <laughs> um, and it was done by the piercer that kind of taught me, if you will. Um, and yeah. We put a we put a, a qualitized seam ring in it or something like that. It healed just about with some love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a bit of extra care and the help of Joe, it healed. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah, I owe Joe a lot. She um she really took me under her wing at the start. Oh, she is a good egg. She's lovely. Yeah, she was working literally just down the road from my house at the time. So I'd like nip in and see her, buy some jewellery and that. Just like try and, to like, annoy you again. Try and soak up all the information I could. <laughs> uh, that was, literally, I was the same, like with Jazz when she was at Cutthroat. Uh, she was an apprentice. So I already knew Heidi because Heidi knew me as the most annoying client ever because I would be in there like every Saturday because it was two for 15 quid. And then when Jazz started as a piercing apprentice I think it was like a tenner or something like that for a piercing and I would go in there like pretty much every Saturday and then when she needed like volunteers and she'll post on Facebook I'll message her straight away and be like me I volunteer like, I'm coming in I'll see you then and uh yeah in the end it got to a point where they didn't need to do consent forms with me because I've just been in there so many times and Your I'm consent like, forms I'm like autofill <laughs> yeah they're just like oh we know who that is it's fine yeah. um and then it got to a point where like I started asking questions when Jazz was just finishing her apprenticeship. And then I kept being a very persistent 
client yeah. and I would go in there quite often and ask her questions like all the time, like, you know, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? Blah, 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 blah. And then when she finally started looking for apprentice, she put up a post saying like she might be moving to London. And then she messaged was like, apprenticeship, yeah? I was like, <laughs> yeah, go on then. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> and, um, but I was like a very like inquisitive teen. I wanted to know everything and anything. Like even like the smallest things of like how, what do nostril jewelry look like and they would like get it all out and show me like the different pieces and what they do and stuff like that and uh they'll be like oh do you want to try this out on a rubber glove and I'm like yeah go on then why not like I was just a very like I think they got sick of me in the end but yeah I was just always there like trying to soak up the knowledge and trying to understand it and uh I wouldn't like be that annoying but I knew I was annoying yeah yeah I like- <laughs> I know what you were doing though, because I, I feel like that's how I got in the studio I'm in now. I asked, <laughs> I asked for a job there ages ago. He was like, oh, I can't fit you in at the minute, but like, you know, don't be a stranger. Come in. Like, you know, whenever you're free, just like come on and come on and chat and that. And uh, I just hung around like a bad smell. I was there like like two or three days a week. I mean, I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got room for me yet? I have my notebook <laughs> with me with 100 <laughs> questions. Are you ready for this? I'm going to be here until. Maybe 6 p.m. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> I might yeah, stay good. behind a little bit. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. I used to stay behind and help him clean down. Yeah. Did you always want to be a piercer? Um, I don't... Yes and no. So I always loved body modification in some aspects, you know? Mm-hmm. But I never thought that the career would be achievable. I think so. I think I wouldn't say like I'd be lying if I said like I'd always got like if I was saying like like eighteen, I was like yeah, I've left school and we made body piercer. Like that would be a lie. But I'd always been open to it. I'd always been interested in the industry. So like the desire was kind of there. Like I said, when I was about eighteen, I messaged someone and was like, oh, how do I get into this? But it just seemed unobtainable. So I kind of pursued other things and then stumbled on it and found it kind of at the right time, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, in some aspects, I was always open to the idea, but I never went out thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a body piercer. Um, I was just super happy when I was, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> What was like? (laughs) What was the career goal for you? Like, what did you want to actually Um, like? But before piercing, yeah, yeah. So it was a weird one. I wanted to be a vet, uh, and then I realised I was like really dumb and I couldn't be a vet. So (laughs) I did uh, camera work instead. Um, So yeah, I did like loads of different bits. I worked as like a social media manager and like content producer for like. You know, it's the summer camps, like um, mm. like a parent trap kind of stuff. Yeah, I did that for a couple of years um, in Connecticut. And I did, like, music video stuff over here, like P110 Media. You know, like, when people used to, like, rap gigs in car parks and stuff. Oh, yes. I yeah, remember yeah. that. <laughs> Everyone's got a JD Sports bag and a spliff. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I shot some of them. Um, like little short films, documentary stuff. I used to do because I was like really interested in jewelry as well. Um, even before piercing, um, yeah, I was really interested in jewelry. So I did a lot of like promo work for jewelers and stuff like that as well. Some like on the jewelry court's doorstep. So yeah, you had your hands in multiple pockets. Yeah, camera work was always the thing before piercing, really. Hmm, that's good then. At least you had like multiple things to be interested in instead of just like one fixation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, kept me busy. <laughs> it's better to be busy than fucking bored. <laughs> I'm one of them. Where if I'm just left to my own devices, like, what oh, can I do I'm today? Quite havoc. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh look, Josh has done ten things in two weeks. <laughs> Some like poor life decisions get made when I've got nothing keeping me busy. <laughs> so, is there like a certain event in the history of piercing that kind of sticks to you? How so? So, like with myself, Operation Spanner, like mm. I love everything about that case. Like, it is a very devastating case of what happened to the 16 men and one yeah. being. Alan, Mr. Sebastian, which is like mind boggling that a piercer was involved with that, but kind of makes sense because of the SM scenes back then. So yeah. that's the one case that I always like go back to because it's so interesting. Okay. Um, I think for me, I remember watching Dances Sacred and Profane, you know, the Fakir Musa film where him and Jim kind of met and they did the Sundance ritual and stuff and they like done the football. Um, I'd say that's probably like one of the most interesting ones I've ever done purely because it sparks a thing in my head about um, like body suspension and stuff um, hearing kind of the way Fakir spoke about that that was something where I was like oh my god I need I need to experience more um, <laughs> and that kind of yes <laughs> I need this first hand um, and yeah that's something on a deep dive last year into suspension and all that kind of stuff I didn't oh just... nice have you done it so that's probably a standout one if we're going yeah. for historical moments. Yeah. Have you have you involved yourself into suspension quite a few times or? Uh yeah. So I've done I've done a fair few last year. Um, got a few more lined up this year. I was meant to be in Croatia. Um, next month, doing some suspension bits above the sea and stuff, but that's just not come up. Um, but yeah, I've got a few lined up right around this country this year and stuff. Uh, I did a few last year. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's a beautiful, beautiful community as well, the suspension community. I'm not like that deep into the community and suspension, but just, you know, in my experience, like, very caring. They're beautiful humans. Mm-hmm. They're very caring. They're very humble. They're very like down to earth. They know what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Yeah. They've done it so many times and they're like, we understand. It's chill. <laughs> Tell us everything. And yeah. you kind of just blur out like your whole life story to them. And they're like, yeah, it's cool. We can do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Find I do. People where you leave just feeling better for having spent like two hours around them. Like you could have not suspended and you'd leave. Like, oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I could cry right now. <laughs> yeah. So good. Is there someone who is an inspiration to you or you've like really looked up to? over like it could be like the last year or the whole of your piercing career God, there's so many like so so many um 
the list gets longer and longer (laughs) every fucking week. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Um, Inspiration. So obviously Ollie to start with. Um, Yeah, we love you, Ollie. Yeah, yeah. a lot of love for Ollie. Um, Yeah, so Ollie taught me a lot. Obviously, like, as I've just said, my initial training wasn't great. Um, So I remember he did his Bevel Theory seminar in Stockport at Matthew Percy's shop. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I think that's where I kind of met like all some of like my best friends now, do you know what I mean? Like Jabba, Dan, uh Jordan. Yeah, like I met all like my, my real close pals now. Um and I remember like Ollie just took a lot of time with me to really like make sure I understood everything as well. Um so yeah, like just literally just the way he is as a person is really inspiring, but also like just the work he puts out is flawless every time. Um, so yeah, Ollie's definitely a big inspiration. And then like business-wise, obviously Jabba and Nathan, like mm-hmm. some of the most successful body piercers I have ever met in my life. Um, and I'm like, every time I speak to one of them, I'm like, yeah, I want to be you when I grow up, you know? <laughs> I'm the same. Like I met <laughs> yeah. I met Nathan for the first time at trade show. I never met him before. So of course I was straight away shocked at how tall he was. I didn't realise that. He I was think that was tall. the first time I'd ever I'd ever met him in person as well. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god, how tall are you? What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> this can't be right. I've always imagined you're a bit shorter. Um, you know, like when I'm looking up at someone to speak to them, that's that's when you know. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> and he was he was so nice and he gave me some advice because I'd been like having issues and that and he's such a great guy like so humble so like complimentary like of your yeah. work or what you're doing it's, it's just like genuinely a nice guy same with Jabba like Andrew I never really call him Jabba I always call him Andrew when I'm like messaging him um I'm just like yeah he Whenever I, I need advice, I just message him. Or, like, if I'm I'm not very present on social media most of the time, and he'll, like, message me out of the blue, like, hey, you okay? How are you doing? Like, he's so yeah. lovely. And then he'll, like, update me with, like, what's going on with the twins and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah, so nice. Yeah, there's a few other people that, like, I'm quite inspired by. I mean, um, I had, like, I've just met a few other, like, practitioners and stuff um over the last year and I've just never felt so safe and like in good hands as I did when I was with them um and yeah I've kind of took a lot of that back into my studio when I do piercings you know what I mean Uh um so yeah like I'm massively inspired by them as well um yeah even down to like like skin prep and stuff like that like it's a controversial one but i love iodine now like i used to use pcmx i can't use it i'm allergic to it (laughs) it fucking sucks i figured out that i was allergic to it when i was at freak show but yeah so just like how i was around clients like how i act around around clients and stuff how Mm -hmm. i make their experience like the best experience for them do you know what i mean yeah 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 um just trying to make sure that they get out of it what they want to get out of it kind of thing 
I've took that away from some people that I've met over the last sort of year. Um, and yeah, just making a nice environment for people. Like I'm massively inspired by people that do that. So yeah, fair list. <laughs> I don't want to miss anyone off. I feel so bad. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you can't name everybody. <laughs> That's what I have no. to explain to people. It's like at the end of the day, inspirations change all the time. One minute it could be somebody in America, the next minute it could be somebody in Europe. Like at the moment, oh. I love the gate crew in Japan. Like I love the way that he takes pictures, I love the way that he styles people like and how humble he is when you speak to him as well and he's like a really big inspiration to me but then on the other hand is johnny who takes amazing pictures of oh johnny, johnny pierce yeah yeah i'm like constantly saving his pictures on my instagram and i'm like oh okay he's <laughs> such a nice dude as well yeah he seems lovely yeah he messaged me i um i like stole one of his ways he took photos um <laughs> and I tagged him in it and I was like, oh, you know, obviously like stole this from Johnny Pierce. Like, what an amazing photo kind of thing. Um, yeah, and he messaged me. He was like, oh, you've done that so well. Like, keep it up. Like, nice work and that. I was like, yeah. It's, I uh, love people it's, like it's, that. Uh, so Especially because like, robbed his content as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it, the industry that we're in, we're going to keep repeating. It don't matter. Yeah who does it first people are gonna recreate the concept over and over and over again now this question has got my last two pieces and i think it's fucking brilliant who would be your dream boss or co-worker and you can't say andrew or nathan or anybody like that no. or Holly todd because we all know all three of them would be amazing um my dream Colin O, or yeah, Colin O. What a laughing Buddha. Yeah, uh, he's just yeah. a lovely soft voice. I know. I watch his <laughs> TikToks like, ah. <laughs> Every time I speak to him as well, he's just so lovely. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so nice. Um, and yeah, like his piercing is just unreal. Or he blew my mind when he did his first video when he used a face mask to you tried it. a ring and I was like <laughs> I was I said to this client I was like I'm going to try this thing and it's going to blow your mind and it's like fucking amazing and I had this bit of gauze wrapped up and I was just stood there like how does this work <laughs> that's so the wrong. same because he did it he did it with a mask and he's done it with gauze and the first one I saw was with a mask and I was like I watched it, rewatched it like ten times while a client was led down on the bed waiting for me to like, yeah. finish what I was doing. And I was like, I'm gonna try doing it, and I did the, what I was supposed to do. And I was like, How do I do this? What do I do? Like, how did he do it again? And I was just like, oh, fuck this, and I was just <laughs> put it in the bin and use fucking tools <laughs> to do what I needed to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he'd be a great boss. I feel like he's got a lot to teach as well. Like, he just seems like such a knowledgeable dude. I think of some other ones. Like obviously, like Fakir would be a sick bash. You know what I mean? Just like that era of piercing as well, where everything was so like experimental. Or um, like Blake from Nomad, like when he was doing 
all like the real large gauge, like hush hush, like behind closed doors kind of stuff. Yes. Love that shit. <laughs> I am literally the fucking activist for large gauge work. Like I want more chunky rings Bring it back. everywhere. Yeah. Bring it back. I'm sick of this dainty shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say to every client, right? I was like, oh, they're like, oh, how do you do this for like you, you, you know, your big fingers and these like tiny dainty gold ends? And I was like, well, to be honest, the stuff that got me interested in piercing wasn't like these tiny dainty jazzy gold ends. It was <laughs> how big of a hole can you put in something and make it work? You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, so it's kind of changed, but like we roll with it, you know. <laughs> No, I do love, like, it's a great challenge, like, working in such, like, intricate anatomy with small ends, but, like, yeah. yeah. Bring back the chunky stuff. Yeah. I did a 10-gauge day the other week, and I was... Oh, I loved that. I loved it. I loved it. It's a nightmare. No what about co-worker? A little co-worker. Mm. Oh... I want someone with good crack, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I need, yeah, I need like a dumb and dumber pairing. Um, totally opposite of what I've just said, but I don't know if you follow it. Do you follow Peach Pierces? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I could learn so much and then just like being able to see what they put out on a, like a day-to-day basis as well. I'm feeling mind blown. Mm-hmm. Um, who seems like they've got good crack? I think you and Dan would be quite good together. Yeah, see, I didn't know if Dan would be cheating because obviously, like, he's a really good mate. You but, can yeah. pick your mates. It's just oh. you've got to think of it like this. Could you work as friends or would it have to oh, be... I could absolutely work with Dan all yeah. day, every day. Yeah, that would be terrorising people, to be honest. <laughs> but it would be fantastic. When it comes to jewellery... Which manufacturer are you finding you're really digging at the moment? And what pieces, like certain pieces, are you in love with right now? So I always love an at metal. Hell yeah. I like always love an at metal. Um, things like, like really basic shit from them, to be honest. Like, you know, the pair fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll always do like the mixed gem options when it comes to like pair fans and stuff. Marquise with side accents, I always really love from them as well. And obviously, you can't go wrong with a Faritar. Really love Modern Mood at the minute as well. Yeah, I've got a few pieces of them in, and yeah. pretty much all of them is gone apart from the Isla, which is the moon, Crescent Moon. Yes. Um, they're beautiful. I've only got that left. All the rest of them sold. I was like, oh, fuck. And he's doing another order. But I've just recently done an order with Ember Body Jewelry. So I'm like, yes. Sold two pieces already of that order. I'm like, oh, really? Sake. Yeah. I've opened an account with them. I love. Uh, is it Ryan? Mm-hmm. It's Ryan, isn't it? Yeah. I love like everything he does. Everything he does online. His the way he styles things is amazing, and his conch plugs are like mm-hmm. those are Oregon Sunstone rose cut crown ends from BVLA. Oh, stop it! I love Oregon Sunstone right now. It's the only stone. It's the only stone I'm selling of BVLA really? in my shop. It's either that or sandblasted blue stones. They seem to be like 
the only things I'm shifting. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, I brought shitloads of amethyst because I saw what went on my last order. See, it's so crazy because where I've moved around so much for the last year, like where I was in Aldridge before, it was all like coloured stones, like combos and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was ordering like big cohesive sets, like, I was, I was ordering like really weird colour combos as well, like pinks and greens and yellow gold. I love that out, shit. Flying out, like ceramic fading violet and ABCZ, like in white gold, big sets. And I was like literally like composing sets together of like mm-hmm. different colour pieces. Um, and it was do it was flying out doing really well. And then I've moved to like Rugely now, it's like everyone just wants white CZ. Ugh. Like modern mood, all white diamonds flew out, and I was like, "Like fucking eat more." <laughs> I've got like, no. <laughs> I've got like a pair of yellow gold threaders and a fucking pippa diamond left in white gold. Like, oh no! <laughs> Quick, put money aside. <laughs> if you could make your own jewelry, yeah, what would be like your perfect piece? Like what material? What stones? Okay, so it's always yellow gold always um and then i really i'm really at the minute into like really earthy like organic kind of vibes um so it'd be like oregon sunstone or like a zawadi sapphire kind of thing oh i love swadi sapphire i've got upstairs a 16 carat matching pair of rose cut zawadi sapphires that when i've got some money i'm going to put in my conches um i can't wait to like get them set and stuff. <laughs> Uh, but yeah organic kind of like texture as well do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i'm thinking like a big pump up the volume with like rose cut stones that kind of thing i love um the boy's name origins handmade oh yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. alan yeah Yeah. like anything he makes just kind of look at that and <laughs> with yellow gold, those two stones, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, nice. If you could yeah. name it, what would you name it? Josh. <laughs> so original. Want to be more centre retention, so I'm just going to name it myself. Why not? Fuck it. Don't think there's any other pieces out there called Josh. No, there should uh, be. Yeah, definitely. There should be like, I think we should have the privilege of calling... <laughs> A piece of jewelry that we create after ourselves. Yeah, hundred percent. It's always named after clients. Why can't it be named after ourselves? Never name after a client. They'd be like Josh one, Josh two, Josh three. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a Danilla. She made a septum ring for a client of mine, and it was like a baguette septum ring that she's called Louise. And my client is called Louise. <laughs> I'd like, be straight. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> that's called the D. <laughs> yeah. What about me? It's like I know that um, Mike, his jewelry line, White Bear, he has a ring that has like hanging chains on it, and it's called DEA. I was like, "That's me." <laughs> Named it after me. Come on, it's me. I was gonna get one for my septum, but I kind of was just like, "No, nah, not yet. I need to stretch it a bit more, and it might be ready for one of them." I want to you think you're gonna stack it? Yeah. I tried doing it earlier with some seam rings that I had and it got so sore. I was like, oh, maybe not. I got a coin slot and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wear like so much gold in there. But like, you know, the reality of just living with a big ring stack. 
absolutely shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like if they don't fit perfectly, like one on top of the other, all the way up through. They stick out. You get like the slightest little overlap. I'd wake up at three in the morning and be like, the rings aren't sitting right. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel it straight away. I'm like, (laughs) if the attachment could be like a certain shape, what would it be? Uh, oval. I really like like big oval cut kind of stones. Um, I also really like one of my favourite cuts of stones called an Asher cut. If you've ever seen that, um, it's kind of like a cushion cut, but with a, like oh yeah, like a square emerald cut kind of thing, but with like uh-huh. cushion cut sides. Beautiful. So yeah, nice. like square or oval. Hmm. What kind of like size would it be, and where would you put it? Big. Um, at least six mil. Um, well, yeah, probably like six by eight mil. I'd put it conch flat. I'm a big fan of just like simple, bold, impactful pieces in like a large open area, you know. All pieces critique themselves. What do you think, Phil, you need to improve? It doesn't have to be piercing related. It could be like self-improvement. Okay. Um, so much stuff, actually. Um, so what I've always struggled with is like keeping, not like keeping motivation, but like keeping like the next thing. Do you know what I mean? Like what? what's the next thing that I'm going to do mm-hmm. for like my career to like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like at the minute, like I'm very clear on like that is marketing. Like oh, I, I need to do like more in the way of marketing um, and really get myself out there and kind of just learn more about that area of like running a business. Um, so definitely that. And then also like techniques wise, um, I really want to do more like freehand inside out stuff. Yeah, see, I've I've done a lot more recently just because of the way I've worked has been different. Um, I used to run like a hydrant and everything. And then the hydrant oh. flooded my piercing room and I fell out with it and I was like, oh, going disposable, fuck this. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's just like back to front lips, um, a one where I'm st- like sticking with. Um, and nostrils inside out as well. Just, yeah, little technique bits like that. You know, I just want to learn some new bits. Um, well, if you need yeah. like any help with them, let me know. No, I think you know, like once I got kind of the basic understanding of what I was doing, I kind of started problem solving a lot. Mm-hmm. I, something I am quite good at is like really fucking picking things apart and like looking at a problem and being like, well, why has that happened? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to make that not happen next time? And it was at a point like when I started where I was like clamping helixes. And I was like, these are all coming out on the piss, you know? And then I it kind of clicked in my head was like, well, the only thing that's pulling these off is the clamps, you know, like, because that's what's touching it. Like I'm piercing fucking straight. Um, so yeah, kind of the realisation hit me then is like, if you have to clamp it, is it really? Is it like, necessary? Should... Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think whenever I personally, like I've, I've not been taught to use clamps properly, obviously. Um, 
because I get like a lot of tissue distortion whenever I go to use clamps on like certain piercings. So I always feel more comfortable with my hands. I just feel like I've got more fine control of what's going on. I can kind of steer things how I want it and stuff, you know. By the way, we're not clamp shaming to those who are using clamps out there. Like... Oh, no, absolutely. I still use clamps for nostrils. <laughs> you're you're a bit more like intelligent than me because I can't figure out how to. I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm ambidextrous on a pierce. I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No chance. I can use both of my hands for piercing. No. I can do a dice left handed as long as it's the right hand side. Mm -hmm. Any other piercing, absolutely not. No, I can do the left nostril with my right hand. Right nostril with my left hand. Same with eyebrows. I can use depending on the side. That's wild. Same with ear piercings. Same with lip piercing. Like if I'm doing like the inverse labret that I did, mm. I had I got them led down and I stood on the left side and pierced with my right hand inside out. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I pierce yeah. them. But if it's a philtrum, I would stand on the other side and use my left hand to pierce inside. See, like if, I, if I'm doing an eyebrow, because I can only pierce eyebrows right-handed, if it's a right eyebrow and part, I go bottom to top really comfortable, like I stood on the right side. If it's a left eyebrow, I have to almost like stand behind them, pierce top down and like cock my head over so I can see my exit. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I can use both hands. No. Certain flats as well. I'm like, I'm just, I'll be stood there and I'll be like, to the client, like, I'm really sorry. Like, your head's going to be in my armpits. I can only pierce like one way. <laughs> and I have like a really specific angle that I can work at. I, I also pierce a lot of things back to front. So when I'm doing like flat piercings, if it's on there, let me think now. So it's on the right side. I'll use my right hand. If it's on the left, use my left hand. I'll go back to front. And I don't use, I usually don't use tapers to uh, install the jewelry. I would do butting to install the jewelry. I just got into butting stuff up. I'm really it's great, old. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I did it by, I had my cousin in once and I was like, oh, I'm going to pierce your date. I'm going to do it for free. And I'm just going to try this thing. Don't worry what this thing is. <laughs> I'm just going to try it. You won't even notice. <laughs> I butted it up. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing that and everything. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Nipples, navels, uh, dates, lobes, if I do them back to front. Um, what else do I do? Like, I don't know, staunch the other way. That was fun. Traguses, pretty much as well. Depending on the space I've got behind the tragus, sometimes there's a little snip. Yeah, no, I can't do traguses back to front. My front tragus. My head can't concept of really? doing it back to front. Yeah, my head just can't. Yeah, I tried it once and I just couldn't. They were like, it was like insurance. What's an insurance? Um, <laughs> yeah. Before, like, in like my first year, I say back in the day, like I started piercing ages ago. I mean, like, in like my first year of piercing, where I was just like gassed to be a piercer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Covered under like the shop policy before I was like self-employed or whatever. Um, just doing like like fifteen-year-old tongue piercings and that. <laughs> like put a twenty-four in the mouth. It's that that fucking long that they can't even talk. But that can't oh. be right. 
No, oh no. Look back like the horrific things we used to do when we knew no better. I did do some horrific things, but I was quite lucky that certain things we didn't. One thing that we did do a lot of was just put skin divers anywhere and everywhere. Nice. Yeah, we were just anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Like I had like five in my face at once. Just yeah. in random spots, just to see if they'll last. If they pinged out, we pushed them back in. Because they were easy to take out and put back in. So we're like, oh, fuck it, be fine. I think I had one for like five and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. They're just skin divers. There's no, you can't, no skin like attaches to Yeah, it's it. just like a little cone attachment yeah. on the bottom. Of the so when they pinged out, you could just put it back in. Sick. Yeah, they were mad. They were crazy. They were like the big thing when I was an apprentice. And we would do like shit to our legs. I did a whole like pentagram on my thigh once with yeah. them. It That's hurt. But... That's how I learned to put dermals in. That was like my, my training for dermals. It was like pop yeah. one in your thigh. <laughs> 10, 20 years time. What's the plan? What's the future for Josh? Oh, I don't really know. I hope I'm just sat on a beach with my feet up, to be honest, in 10, 20 years' time. Uh, 10 years, I'd like to own a studio. Definitely have my own place. Not 10 years. But 20 years, I'm on a beach somewhere hot. Do you know what I mean? Retirement. I'm retiring early. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, like, now is anything to go by, do you know what I mean? Like, bad back, fucking going <laughs> blind. <laughs> by the time I'm 40, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know. Maybe still part of the industry, but in a different capacity, I think. Um, maybe something more like jewellery making or who knows, who knows what it will be in 20 years. But yeah, definitely still a part of the industry, I think, just in some sort of different capacity. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's, it's definitely like a, an evolving industry that in some cases we're still kind of like 10 years behind. 100%. So we're still trying to catch up. So you might be good in 20 years. I'm a massive convert recently to like, um, well, I've actually got prescription glasses now, so I can see what I'm doing. Oh, welcome to all... the club. Yeah, yeah. And a head torch as well. Holy shit. Head torch living. I can't, different. I can't use a head torch because where I've got yeah. clustered migraines, oh, affects it so that's why i've got to wear glasses that go lighter and darker now um but i used to and i think that's what caused <laughs> my, cl- my migraine <laughs> issue because i was using these i think they're like blue led like white blue yeah. um but yeah they're, they're brilliant i'd turn off all the lights and just put them on sorted whereas now i'm just like one spotlight in my room is enough too many lights i'm like i'm blind i can't see it does though doesn't it because you get all like reflections from everywhere like bounce mm-hmm. inside your glasses and all that. yeah cool. i hate it with a passion it sucks it's um, like the one thing about the studio where i work now like it's beautiful like, yeah it's gorgeous shot but everything's like spotlit like down Eesh. so i'd be like working on someone and i'd be like stood like too far away to see what's going on do you know what i mean so, yeah, I have to get a head torch. It's the shadows, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Changed my life, man. Head torch, so.
I ran around the shop and I, I got one. I got it's the most piercing head torch you've ever seen in your life. So it's got like a little Wi-Fi button on the side, and you wave your hand past it, and it turns it on and off. Oh my god! Yeah, it's amazing. So you can have like sterile gloves on and everything, just be like that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's amazing. Genius. Why was that never pioneered like ten years ago? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because like, you don't want it on all the time, dude. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to be like, I don't know, fucking like know, a Dalek. But... <laughs> yeah, literally. You don't want to be like blinding your client. You don't want to be like doing your marks, you know, like, like showing yeah, yeah. your eyes. But yeah, like, so you can have your gloves on and not have to touch it. It turns on and off. It's great. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, shit like that. It just makes life so much easier. Best part, seven ninety nine for one or twelve ninety nine for two. Oh, you've got a code yet? <laughs> I deserve one. For fucking discounts. <laughs> Father's Day. He'd been on holiday, coming back, give him, I give him, I give him a back massager, bad back runs in the family. And um, he opens it and I come back downstairs with like chatting to him. I was like, oh, I bought a head torch for work, like, and then I had it in my bag. I was like, look at this. He's like, oh, I've been wanting one of them. I was like, oh, yeah, they're really good. I told, I told him all the fucking button and that. And <laughs> set up, you know? like, oh, yeah. And he just keeps looking at it. He's like, you got another one there? He says, yeah, yeah. He just put it on his coffee table and I was like, all right, okay, like, that one's yours then. Yeah. What fucking hell is if I'm just putting like a back massager as well? Now you're just stealing the head torch. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Dad. Much love. That's <laughs> why so they always do that, little fuckers, aren't they? My uh, sister's the same. She comes into my studio and she's like, what new jewelry you got? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, here we go. She's gonna ask me for a piece of jewelry. Then she'll be looking and then she's like, oh yeah, I really like that, and I really like that. Oh, you do know my day, my birthday is the day after your daughter's. I'm like, yes, I know yeah, that. I'll forget it now. Uh, I'll leave it on one question. The last question's always a random one because okay. it's fun to do shit like that. Right. If there was another life of you, right? What do you think you would be like? Would you be human? Would you be animal? I'd be Steve Bowen. <laughs> Love that. Stay alive yeah. though. Not gonna die from a stingray. Oh, hundred percent, because I am petrified of stingrays. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'd literally be like an animal man, like Steve Bowen. Like, ah, uh, because you did want to be a vet, didn't you? Yeah, but I just love animals, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that would work. Yeah. Like, your other life, you would be. Like, some yeah, yeah. of animals. Yeah, yeah, another life, I'd do something with animals. Or an animal, do you know what I mean? Just just live happy in the woods. What animal would you be? Oh, I don't know. Um, Probably something like a sloth. Or like an orangutan, you know what I mean? Yeah, literally, just like a big ginger monkey, like. <laughs> <laughs> I've always found anteaters very interesting. Oh, don't. I love, you know, the little ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the tamanjua ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love yeah, them. Whenever I, like, go to a zoo, I'm just like, where's the anteaters? I want to go and see them. Because <laughs> yeah. they're so weird looking, but so cute at the same time. It's that massive nose thing, in it? Yeah. And it's like their so bushy, weird. like, tail bum every, every like, area. Yeah. It's just like, how do they have that much there? 
the whole back's just like one big feather. Yeah, it's like, what the hell's going on? What's weirdest animal going but so interesting? Oh, either be that or one of those um, mantis, like, fucking... Or the mantis shrimp. Lobster. Yeah, 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 one of those. Like, like a 200 mile an hour punch. <laughs> Yeah, fucking like snap it. fingers and shit. <laughs> Knocking people out. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> Starting all the fights. <laughs> be oh, the most yeah. difficult animal to look after as well. Yeah, I heard that. I heard like in aquariums they just like break out the tanks all the time. Yeah. I used to look after these things called kinkajous and they were really cool. Hmm. They were like a they're like a relative of a raccoon. They call them like yeah, a yeah, pretty yeah. bad. Paris Hilton had one and she like got really it bitter. She tried to keep it a handbag at that. I love how you know that fact. Yeah, yeah, because I used to tell everyone that I was like, you know, when you well, I used to work at like a wildlife rescue center, you know, you're at the zoo and there's like that guy there and he's like, Oh yeah, so this is like a raccoon and we found it in a bit of Wolverhampton. I was like, This is a kinkajou, Paris Hilton used to have one and it bit her and she got rid of it. That was like my that was like my presentation thing to clients. <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, they lived the best life. They literally had like a box full of blankets and then I'd literally go in and put like a peanut butter sandwich in there for them and then just like wake up, grab this sandwich, eat it in the blanket and go back to bed. So yeah, probably something like that. I could imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, just be looked after. I definitely want to live at a zoo just so that I could be fed, groomed, looked after. Oh yeah, Yeah. that would be life. I feel like as a zoo animal as well, you like you take the piss out of the humans. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Madagascar. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like all these zoo animals, yeah, they're sat there and you know, like, they're laughing at us, going, "Yeah, they think we get up to this shit, really." Like, it's all just. A... <laughs> I bet, like the monkeys pick like the shortest straws of who's going to go on the cars and wreck shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Art <literally. laughs> oh, Fred's on there again, pissing on the window. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just stood there in the tree and they're like, here yeah, lads, watch this. <laughs> See how much <laughs> I, I can get do. away with. <laughs> <laughs> they're like breaking off the antennas and the fucking windscreen wipers and that. Who who can break into a car? I'll give you ten minutes. Go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one there. Fucking some roof's open. Go on, lad. <laughs> See if you can get out of the zoo. Go on, go hide. <laughs> <laughs> Like Toy Story when they're like hanging on to the bottom of the car. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna end the recording. Are you a client or somebody who follows me on social media and you want to submit your story? Well, you're in luck. You are welcome to submit it via email, which is Deanna D E A N A at Procollective.net. This could be an experience you had or just some questions that you want advice on. It could also be a history lesson of when you had the piercing done, who, by and where. It could be 10, 20, 30 years ago. If you are a piercer and you want to come on my podcast, you are more than welcome to contact me. I'd be happy to do an interview with you or just to talk about life. If you want to contact me, you can do so by social media on Instagram, which is Collective underscore, or via email, which is Deanna at Collective.net. 
Thanks again for listening to Tea with Dee.